Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda. And before I jump into this week's episode, I wanted to take a moment to uh, acknowledge and reflect on the recent passing of my grandmother, uh, Carlota Atron, who passed away this past uh, two, uh, Thursday, September the 29th, uh, 2022. Uh, she was 100 years old. Uh, it's amazing for me to, to think back and just, wow, it was an amazing, wonderful life that she lived that she got to live old enough to, to meet her great, great grandchild, which is really, really great. I mean, most people don't get to live that, that old or not long enough to, to meet that many uh, generations of family. Uh, so I want to just give a brief, brief tribute to her uh, to let people know about her, who she was. And as I've mentioned many times on the podcast, it's important that stuff like this gets documented so that we never forget that we can always remember our, our, uh, loved ones, our family members and friends who mean a lot to us. And my grandmother meant a lot to me as she did to all of her, her, her children, to her grandkids, great grandkids, everybody absolutely loved her. Wonderful, wonderful woman. Uh, Carlota Morales was born on June 6, 1922. So as I mentioned, she was 100 years old when she passed. Uh, she married uh, her husband, uh, Ernesto. So my grandfather in 1946. So obviously they lived long enough to celebrate their 50th anniversary. Uh, my grandfather passed away in 2012. So it was nice that, you know, they're finally reunited together. Uh, they had five kids. So uh, Maria Ernesto, Vilma, Alma Cecilia, uh, Ana Yanira, my mom, and Jesus Ramon, my uncle, who also passed away a couple of years ago, too. So, again, taking time to reflect on his passing as well is important. Uh, my grandmother loved traveling. She traveled quite a bit, uh, did so at her older age as well. So various destinations throughout the United States, you know, San Diego, uh, Sedona and Arizona, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, uh, Disneyland. She got to go to Disneyland. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, when her and the family moved uh, from uh, Central America, more specifically El Salvador to the United States in uh, 1962, in the summer of 1962, they were able to go back to Central America many times for visits. So to El Salvador and Costa Rica, uh, various locations throughout Europe as well, uh, to Barcelona, Norway, other places like that. So she was definitely a world traveler and she traveled quite a bit in her older age as well. And what was interesting talking to my mom about it, uh, my grandmother loved, loved to dance. I mean, that was like her favorite thing to do. And it's always interesting when you learn about your relatives, like what was their favorite things to do? For me, you know, everyone knows that I love sports, that I love pop culture, that I love recording podcasts now. Uh, for entertainment and fun, she would go dancing. And she would also dance at family parties, at weddings. And even at her older age, she would still dance. She would love it. It was uh, really, really great. An interesting fact to, to note, I was a little hesitant to bring this up, thinking that it might have been a little too personal. But when she was a, a child, she was abandoned by her, her birth family, which has got to be traumatic and heartbreaking. But uh, it was interesting that she had a positive outlook on life. And her hero was Ruth from the Bible, the Old Testament. Uh, yeah, she had a, a, a model, family model would, would be welcome, welcome. She was welcoming and loving. And then when she got married... Uh, my grandfather's side of the family really took her in, you know, so that became her her family, as it were, and always welcoming and loving, you know, for people to visit, to really cherish, like, you know, family relationships. I think that's something that she really did. Uh, so she'll be missed greatly, but again, she got to live a long, full life. So it's very uh, wonderful and great that she got to do that. So uh, thank you. Okay, so again, I just wanted to share the, my thoughts about my recently departed grandmother, Carlota Tron. And just know that we miss her and we love her. Okay, so the podcast is going to resume in just a little bit. So stay tuned for this week's episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. Listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, 
music and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Okay, so here we go. This is uh, this week's episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. I'm going to be joined by really, really great guests, uh, Stephen and Weston Cable, to have a conversation about Star Wars and uh, to talk about Top Gun Maverick. Uh, kind of late to the party, you know, Top Gun Maverick came out this past summer. Uh, I finally got around to seeing it, and yes, I absolutely loved it. It was definitely the movie of the summer, uh, movie of the year so far. Uh, I don't know if anything is going to be better. Maybe Wakanda Forever, we'll see. Uh, but uh, Top Gun Maverick might end up being my favorite movie of the year. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see uh, how everything shapes out. But I have a great conversation with Stephen Cable about the movie and a great conversation with Stephen's son, Weston, about Star Wars, which is really great and fun. So they'll be joining me in just a little bit on the Casting for Fun podcast. Before I get to that, I just wanted to share a brief uh, news about my favorite band, Depeche Mode. <laughs> it was very exciting that today, October 4th, they held a press conference in Germany that was highly speculated that this was going to be happening, but then the band denied it, uh, I guess maybe because they had gotten leaked out, but it wasn't that true. The rumors were true that they held a press conference today, and the rumors were true about what they were going to announce. Uh, Depeche Mode is continuing on, even with the passing of Andrew Fletcher. A uh, new album is going to be titled uh, Memento Mori and uh, tour to, to promote the album uh, worldwide tour. Really excited for that. Uh, and they're going to be touring in North America first before they go to Europe. So they're going to be doing a local show here in L.A. at the Kia Forum on March 28th, 2023. So definitely count on me getting tickets for that with Allison because I really want to take my wife to see the Fetch Molding concert. So that's going to be really fun. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Casting for Fun podcast, talking about Star Wars and Top Gun Maverick with the Cable Boys, with uh, Steven and Weston Cable. Okay, joining me now on the Casting for Fun podcast is his very first time on the show, Weston Cable. Weston, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Awesome. Thank you for, for joining me tonight. And thank you for wanting to talk Star Wars because I love talking Star Wars. So anything Star Wars related, I'm always uh, down to talk. Very good. Very good. So so a couple questions for you just uh, about Star Wars. I think it'll be kind of fun. Some of them are questions I've asked you before, but some of them are brand new. Uh, so it should be a really cool conversation. And of course, Avery has a specific question for you related to Star Wars. So when that time comes, I'll have Avery on the podcast to ask you a question. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> Not just yet, sweetie. Okay, here we go. So, Weston, with all the entertainment that's available to you, there's so much. Uh, it seems to me that Star Wars is one of your favorites. So, why is it that you like Star Wars so much? Um, I don't know. I just like that it's themed on like I don't know. It's kind of like um, like Marvel mixed with aliens. That's what about it no that's a very good way of describing it i i agree yeah yeah that uh obviously the jedi have have powers like a superhero would uh they get to use really cool weapons and then they're fighting like evil like the superheroes do for marvel which is really cool as well uh who's your favorite star or what's your favorite star wars movie um probably the force awakens force awakens oh good choice very good very good i often think that the the younger crowd i think maybe kind of uh lean more towards the newer stuff so that's very cool good good uh who's your favorite star wars character mm, are you looking for a specific timeline oh any 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 from any uh, era of star wars if you have more than one you can list more than one i like obi-wan kenobi oh very good and um han solo good and I really like Darth Maul. Oh, Darth Maul's a good villain. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's it. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So I have a few questions related to uh, The Mandalorian, so the newer Disney Plus shows. In fact, one of them is one that Avery would like to ask. So Avery, come please join me on the Casting for Fun podcast. Avery, say hello. Mm. Okay, do you remember your question that you wanted to ask, Weston? Mm -mm. Right here. What do you think about Baby Yoda? Did you hear that, Weston? Um, I heard the last part. Okay, Avery was asking, what's your favorite thing about Grogu slash Baby Yoda? Oh, hmm. I like how Mandalorian and him met. 
Yeah, that was a really cool surprise. I mean, when I remember watching that episode for the first time uh, and yeah, I had no clue what, what they were going to find once they busted open the door. And sure enough, it was a, uh, a baby of Yoda species, which I guess technically we still don't know the name of. But not everyone, really a baby. Yeah, not a baby. I mean, well, I guess for his species, he's a baby. For not humans, no, because he's 50 years old. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the, his baby Yoda slash Grogu's introduction was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks, Avery. Good question. Okay, so one more in regards to Grogu. Uh, do you have any theories or who do you think is the Jedi that saves Grogu from the Jedi Temple from Order 66? I feel like it's Ahsoka. Oh, that's a good guess. Yeah. He was the um like one of the two Jedis that appeared in Mandalorian. So yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a very very good guess. Yeah, very cool. We'll have to wait and see if they if they do make it Ahsoka. Uh, very cool. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite Star Wars video game? Probably Battlefront Two. Oh, very cool. Yeah, we got the chance to play together. That was really fun. Battlefront Two was a, a really fun game. Yes, Avery. Oh, oh, Avery wanted me to ask you a question that's not related to Star Wars, but related to school. So obviously, you guys have that in common. Uh, do you know the name of the panther for Pepper Tree? What's the yes. panther? Pepper. Pepper. There oh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Avery, Avery was dying to know. She couldn't remember for the life of her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very cool. Uh, what Star Wars planet would you live on if you can choose a planet? Wait, Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. Oh, yeah, that was a cool one. You get to really cool jungle settings, live with the, the Wookiees. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Uh, what color lightsaber would you have? If you're a Jedi. Like out of any of them? Yeah, in any color you want. I know we, we talked about it before that uh, traditionally the Jedi just use like blue and green. Uh, but and then Mace Windu uses a purple one because the actor Samuel L. Jackson, Ax Jackson asked to use a purple one. So you can choose any color you want. What color would you choose? Um, I would choose the yellow. Yellow? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yellow would be cool. That's like uh, how Ray Ray's is at the end of uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, okay, if you could pick any three Jedi to face off against any three Sith for like just a fun uh, fantasy matchup, who would you pick? Hmm. I would pick definitely Obi Wan. Um, probably Anakin, and then Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Oh, very cool. So uh, prequel era Jedi. Oh, the, the Clone Wars, rather. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. And who would they face off against from any era, any era of Sith? Darth Maul and Darth Sidious and Kylo Ren. Oh, very cool. That'd be a really cool matchup. So who wins that matchup? I feel like the Sith would. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you think you said the Jedi would win. <laughs> Okay, very cool. That's a good. That's a good answer. Okay, uh, okay. So last question. I think this is gonna be a fun one. This might be a, a little thought. You have to make, put some thought into this question. Yeah. If you could pick any job in the Star Wars universe, but except the Jedi, you can't be a Jedi. But any other job that's available in the Star Wars universe, what job would you pick? Now think. I mean, there's so many different jobs you can do. Bounty hunter. Bounty hunter. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> How come, how come you would be a bounty hunter? Because I just like um, all the, like, times where, like, with, um, like, the best bounty hunter moments. They look pretty cool. Oh, yeah, especially uh, Mandalorian uh, bounty hunters or Mandalore. They have the really cool armor. Uh, so you can decorate any style you want, which would be really cool, too. And there's definitely no shortage of work because there's lots of uh, troublemakers in the galaxy. I think I'd want to be a cantina musician. Uh, they're, they're, they need musicians, too. I mean, you got to have uh, the, the players at Jabba's Palace or the, the most Eisley cantina. So there's lots of good work with uh, being a musician in the Star Wars universe, I think. Oh, OK. Uh, so so uh, Allison has a question for you as well. She wanted to know. Why did you pick uh, uh, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Mace Windu as your three top Jedis? Because I feel like those are some of the strongest Jedi Jedis in the Star Wars universe. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and obviously the three of them had fought together many times. So they, they know each other well. And uh, that could be an advantage for them to, to fight us off against those Sith. 
Yeah. Very cool. Uh, did you have any questions for me? What What planet would you live on in Star Wars? Oh, that's a good question, too. So my, my dad would tell you this, that I loved the Ewoks when I was a little kid and I would pretend to be an Ewok and I had like an Ewok teddy bear <laughs> um, with it. So, uh, yeah, I think Endor would have been my pick uh, as a child. But as an adult, I think I'd pick Naboo. I think Naboo would be really cool, like uh, like the European style uh, that they have all the buildings looking like. In fact, uh, I think it's actually scenes from Naboo were actually filmed in Italy, which would be really cool to to like a real life location you can go visit, which would be really fun. So probably Naboo. I think I'd be the the place I would pick. What's your favorite type of droid in the Star Wars franchise? Um, the R2 units are cool. So yeah, the R2 units, I think would probably be my favorites, but the BB-8, BB units are really cool too. They'd be a second, close second, but yeah, R2 units would be my favorite. What's your, what's your favorite type of droid? But, um, probably the first droid you see in Mandalorian that helps Mandalorian try to hunt Baby Yoda. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? My favorite Star Wars movie is The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but all of them are great. All of them are really fun. Uh, maybe not so much Last Jedi. <laughs> hmm. But no, I, I think Star Wars is great. I, I love it all. It's, it's all great stuff. Yeah. Who's your favorite Jedi? Favorite Jedi? My mind would be Obi-Wan as well. But I especially really love the young Obi-Wan. So the, the old man actor who played him, Alec Guinness, I think he did a great job. But I think Ewan McGregor's portrayal is the one I really, really like. So yeah, young Obi-Wan would be my favorite. What's your favorite lightsaber battle in the whole franchise? Oh, that's a really good question, too. Um, I, I probably would pick uh, Obi-Wan versus Anakin from Revenge of the Sith. Uh, uh, it, it's kind of funny that it, it, and today with the Internet being the way it is, like everyone has to make a meme out of everything. Like, you know, they make the constant references to I have the high ground. <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, the, the whole sequence, which is fantastic, is you can tell that uh and mcgregor and hayden christensen the two actors put everything into it so it was really really cool to see that fight i have a couple of favorite lightsaber battles oh sure what's your, what's your favorite or i like your... the general grievous and obi-wan that one's great too yeah and um i like the kylo kylo ren versus finn and ray oh from the force awakens yeah that's a good one too Oh, okay. Uh, Allison had another question for you. Uh, she wanted to know if there's any uh, Sif or any character from Star Wars that kind of scares you, that kind of just gives you little creeps a little bit. Snoke. Snoke? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he, he's kind of weird looking. <laughs> Good choice. Very cool. What's your favorite Star Wars spaceship? Uh, spaceship? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the X-Wing. Um, I, I tend to use Luke's Luke Skywalker's call sign uh, as Red 5 often. So I, I can't wait for them to someday maybe do a movie. I, I know they were planning on it, but I think it's on the back burner now to do a Rogue Squadron movie about the, the pilots. But that's what a movie or, or Disney Plus show I'd really love to see if they can actually get one made. If you had a lightsaber, what color would it be? I probably would pick blue. I know it's kind of like the the boring because every all the other Jedi use blue, but blue is my favorite color. So, cool. uh, Allison also wanted to know if you could choose the the light side of the force or the dark side. Which side would you choose? And choose wisely because your parents are listening. So, I do really like um, the Sith because they <laughs> force lightning, but the Sith. Oh no. <laughs> Okay, that, that's funny. That's good. Okay, yeah, they have some cool powers, but yeah. remember, the Sith always lose. <laughs> um, What's your favorite Star Wars? If you could have a pet, what's your um Star Wars pet? What alien would it be? Oh, okay, that's a, that's a good question, too. Uh, Star Wars pet. Um, it can be anything, too. Feisty to show gentle. Uh, as far as a pet, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of hard, Weston, because I don't know if you know this about me. Me, Allison could tell you, I'm not really a big pet person. I don't, I don't like animals that much. <laughs> um, uh, I, I forget his name, but maybe I would pick, uh, Jabba's pet. Salacious Crumb, I think is his name, the one who laughs a lot. So if I tell a funny joke, he would laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd really want a pet. Um, what do you think about Jar Jar Binks? 
oh, Jar Jar Binks is silly. He's he's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, the, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, so most people really dislike Jar Jar Binks, and I I probably would agree. But there's an episode of the Clone Wars cartoon show where Jar Jar Binks and Mace Windu are forced to team up on a mission, and it's actually kind of funny. So like the idea of like you know the uh, you probably don't don't know the the TV show The Odd Couple, but if you just get two people that are completely different and then force them to live together or have to work together, like the the results can be pretty funny. So yeah, that that's actually maybe one of Jar Jar's redeeming qualities. That episode <laughs> of the Clippers. <laughs> oh, what what do you think of Jar Jar Binks? Do you like him or no? I think he is like funny, and he's also like weird. But he can, I don't know. He's just weird. Yeah, he, he's weird. He's weird. But he is funny. He's, he's kind of goofy and funny. So. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> That's a good Jar Jar. Very good. <laughs> uh, which, which Anakin did you like? Which stage of his life did you like Anakin? Probably the Revenge of the Sith version. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I think that's uh, the best part of Anakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was pretty much all the questions I had. Did you have any more or any additional questions? Um, what made you like like Star Wars? Oh, that's a really great question. Uh, I kind of went over it when uh, I did a podcast talking to my very good friend Kevin Weir about Star Wars. Uh, but basically, when I was a really young child, probably maybe a little bit longer younger than you, um, or maybe close to your age. I can't really remember, but it just seemed like it was always part of my life because we would always watch it as a family. So it was like family bonding time, which was really fun. Um, and the idea of like, uh, the good fate defeating the evil, uh, the teachings we learned from Yoda, I think are really inspiring, really great. I love the John Williams score. I mean, the music is a huge, big, big deal. And I think it's very, iconic so whenever you hear the musical score from john williams you know immediately what it is so all those things combined i think make star wars really really great and i've loved it since i was a kid and continue to love it today um what do you like better star wars or marvel oh that's a really tough question too because both of them i think i kind of grew to love at the same time um it's really really hard but i think i might pick marvel but it's really really a tough one. Right now, I would pick Star Wars, but probably in the past, I would pick Marvel. Oh, very cool. That's interesting. What? Why? Why? Why would that be? Because, like, I didn't watch Star Wars. I think until I was, and I started wa- watching Marvel when I was like six. Six. Oh, okay. Before, I probably liked Marvel better because, like, the movies would start off with, like, fighting. Like, fighting. And in Star Wars, they start off with a bunch of talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, a lot of people complained about the a lot of talking going on in uh, the, the prequel trilogy. And actually, I mean, I don't know if you've watched any of the newer Disney Plus shows. There's been too much talking, I think, going on in Andor. And I've, I've been complaining to, to Allison about that. It's too much talking. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Do, do you have a favorite scene from the movie? So not specifically a movie, but like maybe an action sequence. Um, what The time where um, General Grievous and Obi-Wan Kenobi were fighting and Obi-Wan says, hello there. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. In fact, uh, Obi-Wan's repeated that line uh, several times in Star Wars in Star Wars movies. So that's pretty cool. Um, there we go. My mine's would be when Luke saves everybody from Jabba's palace when they're uh, on like That's a good one. That was really cool. R2 shoots the lightsaber to him and then just <laughs> Luke goes to town on everybody. Like th- those Jabba guards didn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, was, was that it for tonight, I think? Yes. Okay, perfect. Well, Weston, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast for chatting Star Wars. It's always fun and glad to see you're doing well. And uh, we definitely should do this again in the future. We we love your family. Your family is so great. And it's, it's been fun getting to hang, with, hang out with you and spend time with you. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Weston. So have a good night. And then everybody stay tuned for the Casting for Fun podcast because uh, Stephen Cable, Weston's dad, will be joining me in just a little bit. 
Returning to the Casting for Fun podcast is my very good buddy, Stephen Cable. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Albert. How are yourself? I'm doing great, too. It's, it's good, good to have you back on. It's good that we were both finally able to watch Top Gun Maverick. And, <laughs> yeah, and that, is party, def- <laughs> that is definitely my fault. But I was I was late to the party in the Top Gun Maverick viewing, I guess. Oh, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough for both of us to get out to the movies because of the families and everything. So, But uh, grateful that we both got to see it and grateful that we have this chance to discuss it now. So definitely that will be the focus of our conversation. Uh, but if we got some time, we can even talk about all normal things that we share in common, too. Sounds so, good. I'm good for that, too. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so uh, I know you're a big fan of the podcast, and you've listened to the previous episodes I've done. I don't know if you've caught up all the way to the most recent episode with my friend Nathan Wolf. I haven't caught up all the way yet. I'm still behind on, on your podcast, but um, I'm, I'm trying to catch up as fast as I can. But once you get behind it, it's kind of hard to catch up. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no worries. No worries. So with my friend Nathan Wolf, we discussed the show uh, Cobra Kai, which is okay. a continuation of the Karate Kid yep. uh, franchise from the 80s. Uh, and we discussed the concept of legacy sequels. So, you know, sequels of uh, things that came out, you know, years before, sometimes decades before. Yeah, absolutely. Visit it and bring back as many of the original cast as possible. And Top Gun Maverick falls into that category, obviously, with Tom Cruise returning and, you know, taking place, you know, many, many years after. And we get to see uh goose's infant son now as an yep. adult uh, yep. so we'll definitely get into that but uh but we see that these legacy sequels are pretty popular and they, they they're sp- sprouting out all the time so what i wanted to ask you is do you like the concept of uh legacy sequels this was a com- conversation topic that nathan and i had last week and yeah. if you do is there a legacy sequel that you would like to see hollywood develop oh man that's a good question so I go back and forth on this because some of them are really bad and then other ones are pretty good. Um, and so I think it's an easy way for Hollywood to make a buck. Um, you know, they they can they know how popular those scenes were in the, in the past and they know that people would come out and see these again. Um, but yeah, even one of my favorite movies ever, Field of Dreams, I heard they're making a sequel on that as well. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't hear that. Oh, very yeah, cool. the Kevin Costner's in talks with doing that and and so i i have mixed feelings about that one as well like i love that movie so much and it's like but why touch it why come back um i know uh ray liotta who played one of the ball players has since passed away right right and and so that'll be interesting to see what happens i guess technically he was dead in the movie how do you kill yeah. all the dead guys so yeah. but uh um, yeah, I, I like them. Um, I, I think they're good. It, it brings back kind of like a nostalgic thing for things back in the past. Um, and so I think they're fun for sure. Generally, they, they are fun. Um, not always the best, but they are fun. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I totally agree with your assessment on that. So uh, so with the top topic of uh, legacy sequels, let's jump into uh, Top Gun Maverick. And uh, so just like before, I have some uh, fun facts and stats and uh, interesting stuff about the movie itself. But please feel free to share anything that you have and your thoughts as well. And I'll have a few questions for you just like before. So uh, the development of Top Gun Maverick, I always thought was very interesting. So as far back as like 2010, uh, Paramount Pictures was like developing the, the, the concept of doing a sequel with Tom, Tom Cruise returning, uh, wow. Jerry Brookheimer returning to direct. No, sorry, to produce, and then the, the original director, Tony Scott, to direct. Tony Scott, unfortunately, committed suicide in 2012. So I know that kind of derailed the plans a little bit. Uh, the original director, sure. and, uh, uh, Maverick, was uh, dedicated to him. So I guess that was a nice little thing they did for him. But uh, when the movie eventually got rolling, they they hired a new director, uh, Joseph Kosinski, who had worked with Tom Cruise previously in the movie Oblivion. I don't know if you okay. saw I haven't seen that movie. Okay, I haven't seen it either, but uh, but he's, he's done some, some other cool stuff too. And uh, there were several delays, obviously, because of the COVID pandemic that sure. resulted in not us not being able to see the movie up until just this recent year, 2022. Right, the movie was supposed to be released in 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, there were several people, several like uh, uh, distributing uh, streaming sites that were kind of like making pitches to like... To, uh, I guess by the distribution rights for the movie, they were okay. really pushing for okay, let's put it on streaming if we can't get people in the theaters. Sure. And 
Tom Cruise was hardcore, like, oh no, no, I, I heard I that. See this in the theater. It's, it's meant to be seen in an IMAX screen. Yep. So that makes me feel kind of bad that I didn't make the effort to go see it in the theater. <laughs> I really feel like I should have. <laughs> yeah, like I heard that was the whole reason it was delayed is because Tom was totally against it. He he wanted it in the theater and he wanted everybody to come see it. So I thought that part of it was kind of cool that they're willing to delay a movie that long to get everybody in the theaters. Oh yeah, yeah, and then we we can definitely see that their investment paid off. I mean, it, it broke oh, the yeah. dollar box office. It's only the second movie, and since the pandemic started to do that, the first being uh, uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, so it's amazing that it just did phenomenal box office numbers, and so many people that I I know who like have nothing in common, like you know, so Marie Bray and a few other people like sure. who are different from her, like they all love it, which was kind of. Like it kind of appealed to like multiple generations of people. It kind of seemed to me. Right. I I have not heard one person say a bad thing about this movie. And, you know, there's other movies that are wildly popular. And you hear people, you know, critique them and have, you know, criticisms about certain parts of the movies. But I haven't heard one person say a bad thing about this movie. And I kind of agree with everything I've heard. The, the movie was amazing. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So so let's jump in a little bit more about the, the specifics about the movie and what we yeah. saw. So we get to see Val Kilmer return, which is really great that we got to see him return. Because, again, with all the delays that happened with the movie, I mean, he he suffered throat cancer in 2016. So he really can't talk. He's essentially retired from acting. But Tom was insistent that he really wanted the Iceman character to come back on. And I think they did a great job of paying reverence and respect to him, you know, that he his character would be the. uh, I don't really know my military rankings like Admiral. He was an admiral. Admiral. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, one of the, the higher ups and, you know, he was the one that was pushing for Maverick to be an instructor. Right. Telling him that they need the uh, him on. Uh, it was fascinating to learn that they use like, I guess, like computer techniques from uh, see, as a, a speech company called uh, uh, Sonatech uh, in order to uh, recreate his voice to be able oh. to. So, I mean, they went through like, you know, a really like uh, integral, like very like technical uh, techniques to get it to the point where they could use them in the movie, which was really fascinating. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. So, did you like that sequence? I thought it was a really touching, really cool sequence when we I, had him reunited for the first time. I thought it was awesome. Um, when Maverick was texting him throughout the movie, I kept wondering. I was like, "Is he going to be in it?" And I, like, because I, I hadn't heard if he was in it or not mm-hmm. beforehand, and so I was questioning that throughout. And then when they he was on screen, I thought it was super cool, and I thought they did a fabulous job in that scene and it it kind of hit home it was good it was super good oh yeah yeah so we can see what the techniques that hollywood's using i mean they could in fact like i mean going back to you know feel the dreams that they do decide to bring back really right sure i mean digitally recreate them i mean they have technology where we can mimic people's voices uh the defect technology which again was another topic that nathan and i went over uh, so do you like this computerized, uh, idea of bringing back, like re- whether it's recreating voices or potentially bringing back characters if they were to use it right? Yeah, I think it's cool. Um, you know, you see it in, you know, Mandalorian, how Luke Skywalker looked in that, in mm-hmm. there and brought him back into those, his young age that I thought it was awesome. It, when I first saw that, I was like, wow, that that's amazing. So I think it's a really cool technology and I think it's really valuable in these in- instances for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's also great that you can bring back, you know, actors who maybe like look like they fit the part perfectly. So a sure. great example would be Miles Teller, who's playing uh, uh, Goose's young son. Uh, I forget the name of the the name of the son, but uh, Miles Teller. Uh, is the actor. I only remember his call sign. As a call- rooster. 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 Yeah. yeah like, I mean, it was great when I saw him on screen. Allison and I both admitted like he looks exactly like an Anthony. It was, actor it, it was a perfect casting. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what did you think of his portrayal and what did you think of that story arc that he would go forth? Like, I guess like maybe kind of having resentful feelings towards Maverick, but then later on, I guess, warming up to him. Yeah. I thought it was a really good story arc. Um, I really starting with his call sign. I really liked how his call sign was also a bird, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with his dad being goose. And so I thought that was kind of a cool little, you know, carry on with his dad. Um, and then finding out why he had resentment with Maverick and Maverick trying to protect him and, you know, delaying his entry into the Navy. Um, and the way they ended up was awesome. I love seeing him in the, in the backseat of the F-14 with Maverick and, you know, going back to 
the first Top Gun with his dad in the back seat, and I thought it was a super cool arc with those two, and I thought it was a very well done job by them in in, in the movie for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I've even read and heard that uh, uh, Miles Teller, the actor, has been actually been kind of pushing the studio for like a potential spinoff with him. Oh, so that'd be cool. Called, I guess Top Gun uh, Rooster. Yeah. So I think that would be kind of a cool thing that maybe maybe have Tom Cruise if he's willing take kind of a little bit more of a back seat, but yeah. have Miles Teller actually take the 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 reins as being the star. So would yeah. you be interested in that type of spinoff where uh, potentially? get taking the characters who are popular for sure them. yeah I, I think that would be fun i think a, you know a lot of things are doing that you know disney plus doing a lot of streaming shows uh spinning off different portions of their movies and i think top gun would be just as popular if they did a, did a spin-off with that as well so I, I i would definitely watch oh for sure me too me too uh, another aspect I like of these legacy sequels is like they they pay really close attention to minor details and then they're able to incorporate them into the future installments, which I think is really yeah. cool. So an example of that is Jennifer Conley's character. So we yes. see Jennifer Conley's playing the love interest now for for uh, Maverick. Yes. I believe uh, Kelly McGinnis has been long since retired from acting and I don't yeah. think she's in the best of health. So, I mean, she's probably happy with her life. I don't think she needs to, like, you know, being, like, you know, super skinny or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, so Jennifer Conley plays the character uh, Penny Benjamin. And I yep. did a little research about this. I don't know if you knew this, too, that I guess the character name was name-dropped in the first movie. Yes. this I When she was introduced on screen and he said Penny, I leaned over to Holly and I was like, do you remember her name in the first movie? And, of course, she didn't. And her name was actually dropped twice in the first movie. It was in the when they near the beginning when they're getting ripped into on the aircraft carrier. Um, he's talking about all the different stunts Maverick has, did, and he said that uh, one of them was with the admiral's daughter. And uh, Goose leans over and he says Penny Benjamin, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, see, I remembered that. And when he said Penny in this in this movie, like I got super excited about it. I was like, this is a super cool way to bring her into the movie. Mm-hmm. and uh it, it was awesome i was really stoked about it oh yeah it's it's really cool because it's one of those things that you don't really think you when, when you hear the name penny benjamin first announced it's kind of just oh, okay i guess like maverick had an off-screen fling and we're yeah. never gonna see or hear from her ever again but right sure enough the producers and the writers said hey let's, let's incorporate her into the new movie that actually right yeah yeah i thought that was the only por- part that was she was brought up in the first one but then also when goose's wife shows up at the at the base she brings her up as well in that in that scene and so um she was brought up twice in the first one and they brought her into the second one and i thought it was super well done oh yeah yeah me too me too man uh very cool so i want to talk a little bit about the planes and uh this is where i'm definitely going to need your expertise your field of expertise because obviously you know a little better than i do so Uh, i I wouldn't call myself an expert but i I do know a little bit (laughs) Okay, so uh, if I'm not mistaken, according to what I have in my notes, so the F-18s were the planes that were used, the jets that were used in the first movie. And uh, uh, I guess, is that right? F-14, F-14s were in the first movie. F-14s? Okay, not that F-18s? F-18s in, in Maverick. Oh, okay, F-18s in Maverick. Yeah, you, okay. you flipped it, yeah. F-14s okay. were used in, in Top Gun, and then the F-18s were used in Top Gun Maverick. Okay, but I guess there's also, there's already advanced to the point where there's F-35s, is that right? Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. Okay. So I guess in my notes, what they had suggested was that they suggested using the F-18s instead of the F-35s because uh, the F-35s GPS weapons can't be used in a GPS jamming environment. So for this enemy uh, base that they're attacking, I guess Hmm. uh, it would be more prudent for them to use the older model planes. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, but that would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess uh, the F-35s also have just one seat. If I'm, I don't know if you knew that. Okay, yes. yeah, and I guess they wanted to have uh, jets that have the two seats so that they correct the actor and then a professional pilot who's going to be with them. Correct. That's how they did. That, that's how they filmed it um, this time with the actor in the back seat, making it look like they're flying the airplane. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I guess so. Okay, I, I, I see it here in my notes. Okay, the F fourteen has actually been officially discomm- decommissioned by the U- U.S. Navy, which yes. happened back in two thousand six. Yeah, but the only country that's still using them is the country of Iran. But uh, but I guess the F-18s, I mean, for me, not really necessarily knowing it, I guess they look kind of similar. Is that right? Or- they do look similar. Yeah, they, they do look similar. So it, it is for an average person. Like, I don't even know 
No, I could probably tell them apart if I saw them just sitting there on a runway or something, but uh, a lot of people probably couldn't tell them apart right away. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess that was good that they uh, used that. Yeah. To like kind of recreate as much as they can of the the original movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the opening sequence, did you enjoy that with uh, the Dark Star? I guess it's a fictional plane, but based off of a, a real plane. Yeah, I did. I thought that was that was fun. And I thought it set up Maverick again perfectly how he is, you know, kind of a a cowboy and flying by the seat of his pants and doing the things he wants to do. And I think it introduced that back into the movie perfectly and, and set it up to, you know, Maverick's going to do what he wants to do and not really care what his superiors say. And so I thought it was a great way to start the movie. Oh, OK. Very good. Very good. A uh, little research that I had done about that. So I guess that yeah. the Dark Star is a, a fictional aircraft, but it's based off of an existing one, the SR-71 Blackbird and the Lockheed Martin F-35. Okay. So I don't know if any of those like sound at any uh, uh, familiar to you at all. Yeah, the SR-71 Blackbird has been one of my favorite military air- aircraft ever since I was a little kid. Um, it's a amazing aircraft. It flies right at the edge of the atmosphere super fast you know you saw how fast that aircraft was going in the movie uh-huh. um and so yeah it that's a really cool airplane and th- that airplane's actually decommissioned i, I believe that's our 71 oh really okay. yeah i don't think they fly that aircraft anymore so but i don't know about the other one that you mentioned what was the other one you mentioned uh the lockheed martin f-35 uh yeah the, so yeah i don't know much about that one so i wouldn't oh okay have any okay. information on that one but the sr 71 that that's a really cool aircraft. It's a uh, super fast and it, you know, in, in that aircraft, they actually have to wear almost astronaut type suits. Oh, wow. <laughs> fly, it flies that high. And, and so, and that fast. So it's, it's a pretty cool aircraft. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool. So I want us to talk about the ending sequence. I mean, so it's pretty sure. cool in uh, that we, we got to, oh, I got to chat with your, your son Weston about star Wars. Yeah. And, it's kind of timely because uh, the ending sequence or the, the climax of the movie parallels the original Star Wars movie in, in several ways. Which I thought it was kind of cool. And I think maybe it was intentionally done. But so they had to go through a trench like the Death Star uh, uh-huh. to attack uh, the, the enemy base. Right. And, you right. know, a target that was only, I think, in Star Wars, it's only two meters. I forget how big they said it was in Maverick. Maybe three. Uh, I think it was three meters. I think you're okay. right. Yeah, and then when all hope seemed lost and it didn't seem like Maverick and, and Rooster were going to be able to finish the mission, they had their additional pilot fly out of nowhere. Uh, Hangman, I think was his Hangman. name. Hangman, yep. yeah. The, 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 the other young guy, uh, kind of taking on the Han Solo role to, to right. help save the Rebel Alliance cause, which I thought was pretty cool. So so what did you think of that whole sequence or the, the, the plot that they were, basically the plot of the movie, that they're trying to train the next generation of Top Gun pilots to take on this dangerous mission? I thought it was kind of a cool mission. Um, you know, I when I heard this movie was coming out, I was like, how are they going to make it different? Because, you know, you just don't want another dogfighting movie. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't want that to be the the main sequence. And, and so I was really curious how they were going to play that out. And so I really liked how they set up this mission and how dangerous they made it and and the, the intensity behind it. And I really liked the flying portion in the can- canyons. Um, I thought that was super cool um, to see how those pilots, you know, flying through there. Um, it, it's pretty incredible. And, you know, the whole ending of the movie was up and down, you know, emotion wise. It was intense. And then you think, you know, Maverick crashes. Well, did he survive? And then and then Rooster crashes. And did he survive? And then they meet up and they have this moment where they push each other and they have it's like a little comedic moment there between the two and so it's kind of like a little comedic relief and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do and maverick remembers hey there's this f-14 at this base and so you know rooster's kind of like are you kidding me we're really going to go do this and so you know they sneak onto the base and they're trying to act all cool walking and then they're like oh no we need to run and so they run over the f-14 and you know they get in that and get off the ground and then they're fighting yeah, uh, I don't even know what they called the aircraft, the the unknown country, which I guess you know everybody calls Russia. Um, mm-hmm. their their aircraft, which is far superior than the F fourteen, and you think, oh well, like they're done here. But I'm sitting there, and I lean over to Holly, and I was like, when's Hangman gonna show up? Like this is the point where like Hangman's gonna show up, isn't he? And like he finally does, and it like it was perfect. I loved how they did it. Um, I 
I felt like, you know, they put emotions high and they brought it down with comedic relief and then it got intense again. And then Heyman shows up and I, I thought it was really well done how they did it. It kept you on the edge of your seat and your emotions high. And I really thought they did a well, a really well job with that. That, that sounded bad. They did a really good job with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree, man. Totally agree. It's uh it was really great to see, like you said, edge of your seat and yeah. you know, coming up with a brand new concept and that they would have to uh, uh, a, a new a new problem they would have to fight or figure out versus just doing uh, dog fights like you would suggest. Yeah, and then I loved how they did add a little bit of dog fighting into it too. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't completely stay away from it, but I loved how they, it was a completely separate mission with a little bit of dog fighting in it. So it was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is kind of interesting that they they just like the first one they don't name the enemy i guess they kind of just make it ambiguous right i guess maybe not to offend or uh it, it's it's kind of interesting how that's worked in hollywood like there's been a few movies like i'm thinking uh one of the rambo movies where right rambo fights uh uh, uh soldiers from burma so the burmanese government I, government i guess really hated the movie and tried to uh-huh. it or something like that so there's been instances like maybe like the the Kiefer sutherland show 24 where they make up a fictional african country named sangala Sure. Use that as like the terrorists are from this place called Sangala, so they can kind of make it real world, but I guess not uh, offend people by what, what by using the the name of a real country. Right, right. In the first movie, they called the enemy aircraft MIGs, yeah. and MIGs is a Russian aircraft. So oh, is it's it? a, oh, okay, yeah. Cool. So so everybody kind of got the hint that they're fighting Russia in the first one, okay. just because of the fact they're using MIG. Um, but they never did name Russia and they never did name the country in this one. So I think that's, you know, it's kind of cool that they do it that way. Um, you know, it keeps politics out of movies and, um, just makes it a good old action movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so callbacks to the first one, were there any others that you really enjoyed or uh, they seem like there are several from, from uh, let's see. Yeah. I have a couple notes here. Let's see. Uh, the first one was uh, Goose's son. When he walked in, he kind of was wearing the Hawaiian shirt like his dad wore, you know, with the, the sunglasses on his on his shirt and then um, singing Great Balls of Fire at the, at the mm-hmm. piano. Um, so that was a really cool callback. Um, the motorcycle, Tom Cruise's motorcycle, that he oh, yeah, still yeah. had that. Um, and so I thought uh, that was great that he uncovered that and he was writing, writing that around in the movie. Uh, Penny Benjamin, we mentioned that. I thought that was a, the best callback to the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the F-14 at the end, getting into the F-14 and having Rooster get in the back seat with with Ma- Maverick was super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't forget the beach scene. Like you know, it it, it wasn't a volleyball scene this time with with the guys, but it was they were playing football. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool little different callback to that. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see what else. I don't know. I can't think of anything else. But th- there were there were a couple good ones. Mm-hmm. Well, I mentioned to you in the previous uh, episode we did together that I really loved the the line "Talk to me, Goose," which was yeah. multiple times. In fact, uh, you know, even Rooster when he's like flying the plane, yes. says, like "Talk to me, Dad." Talk to me, Dad. I thought that was like, super cool. Like a, a little bit of a Star Wars callback, like you know, almost trying to use the Force in a way. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was super cool as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, I really love that line because I, I named my fantasy football team after that. Line. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that's super good. Um, uh, uh, they incorporated in the original theme song, which I think is really iconic. I mean, it's just coming in my head right now. And I, yeah, you know, I loved how they opened the movie the yeah. exact same way on the aircraft carrier with the, the jets going off and the music. Mm-hmm. It was that was awesome. Uh, then actually one that's really subtle that I think maybe people might have missed is that in the first one, when they do the end credits, they're they're actually showing every character on screen. And yes. Name. So it's kind of like an old school thing of Hollywood. I think. Yeah. How many movies do it anymore? But they actually brought it back for this one, which yeah, was I th- that was great, too. That, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't recommend this movie enough. I think it's been the, the best movie of the summer, maybe even my favorite movie of the year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see when, when, uh, Black Panther Wakanda, com- Wakanda forever comes out, but this might end up being my, my favorite movie for this year. So far, Top Gun's my favorite movie of the year. No doubt. It was, it was awesome. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, uh-huh, very cool. Uh, were there any, any other things you wanted to bring up about Top Gun, either the original or Maverick? Uh, let's see. Uh, 
So I have to ask, which scene was better? Was it the volleyball scene or the football scene? Uh, probably the, the football scene, I think. I know it's the more iconic, I guess, and it's older and it happened with, with more of the guys or whatever, but yeah, um, I, I liked it. In fact, actually, the we haven't even touched on her yet. The, the, the female pilot, she was pretty cool. I liked her character. Yeah, she was great. I, I can't I remember, remember her call sign. Yeah, I had to look it up, but... Uh, but my, I think my sneaky favorite character in the movie was Bob. I, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I loved how his call sign was Bob. Yeah. And like nobody really believed what his call sign was. And he was just like this, you know, dorky looking dude, but he was like funny. And I really enjoyed Bob in the movie. It was super good. Yeah, that was really cool. Really fun. Um, let's see here. I, I, I like the football scene too because I've never heard of battle football and where you play offense and defense at the same time. And so I was like, I want to play that. That would be super fun to go out and play battle football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that scene just for that part because i was trying to figure out what they were doing they're playing with two balls and going both ways and and then maverick called it battle football and i was like that's that's cool i want to try that so i really you think that, that concept would help pilots i mean it kind of seemed like it was almost in a training exercise in some way right yeah because it, didn't he mentioned uh uh oh man what was john ham's character's name i can't remember his name oh, yeah 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 and because he, he called him out and was like, aren't you supposed to be training these guys? You know, they're only a week out. And he's like, well, you wanted a team, didn't you? Here's your team. Yeah. And so, you know, he was kind of just kind of building morale and building the team up. And so I thought that was that, that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. One last thing I have written down that I thought was super cool is at the very end when uh, Maverick, Maverick was flying around with Penny in the in the, the P-51 is that was actually his own aircraft and oh, uh that, that he owns and so he was actually flying it in that in that scene and um and that certain p51 that he has it's only one of two two in the world that are still flying so i thought that was pretty cool oh that's really cool yeah yeah so um yeah i thought that was a cool way to end the movie um overall though i thought the movie was awesome i would recommend it to anyone and i definitely want to see it again for sure Oh, very cool. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, I can't imagine there are many listeners who are listening right now who haven't seen it, but anyone who has not imagine that <laughs> uh, it might even still be in a few theaters. It possibly. might be. I mean, I saw it two weeks ago and they still had a few show times at the movie theater we were at, but yeah. I, I don't know how long you, you keep that. There was maybe a handful of people, maybe 12 of us in the theater, but mm-hmm. um, maybe it's still around out there. I don't know. Yeah, but but it's definitely available for purchase now. So I mean, Allison and I watched it from the comfort of our own home, and I would imagine that uh, Paramount Plus, the streaming service, is going to be the streaming service to get it once it. Yeah, is for sure. Streaming, so that should probably be pretty soon, probably in the next few weeks. But yeah, uh, I w- my sister kept begging me. She's like, "You got to go see it. You got to go see it." And I was like, oh, "I'm just going to buy it and watch it at home." And she's like, "No, you have to see it in the theater." And I was like. I don't know if it's really that big of a deal. And then we just had this opportunity to go see it and we're like, all right, let's go do it. And it was really, I I was glad I got to see it in the theater for sure. It was super good. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Uh, Okay. So if there's nothing else with uh, Top Gun Maverick, I guess to close out the show, we can do a little of a Dodger talk. Sure. Let's do it. So, so really cool that uh, they set the franchise record at uh, 107 wins. In fact, if they win tonight, I haven't checked that they won already won, but it would be 110. Yeah, they're still playing right now. Um, I just got an update. They're up six to four. So, um, yeah, they'll get to one ten tonight if they. Nope, they won. There it is. They won. So they're up six. They won six four, and they're at one ten. So that's pretty cool. Very cool. So yeah, already amazing that they set the record at winning one hundred seven for the franchise for the most wins in a season. But now they're at one ten with yeah. the potential to make it one eleven if they win. Right. With let's see, they got four games left, so I guess they can max out oh, at one fourteen. Oh, oh, that's, yeah. right. that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Weird... So it's a weird six game series like to end the season. I've never seen this before. So that's really strange that they end on Wednesday and they play the Rockies six straight games. It's really, really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they could potentially catch it. I mean, the, the record's one sixteen. Yeah. One sixteen. Want yeah. to know, uh, set by the, the 1906 Cubs and the 2001 Mariners. I guess 2001 they, Mariners. Yep. Yeah. So, so we'll see, but even just if, I mean, they were just, uh, I don't want them to lose out, but I mean, they, they, they've already clinched uh, the best record in the league. Yep, so it means yep. they get home series, home field advantage for the entire uh, playoffs. Whole playoffs. That should be really cool. How are you feeling about the playoffs? How, how, how do you think the team's looking? 
Oh, I think the the only part that concerns me, I think our starting pitching's awesome. I think, you know, obviously our lineup is awesome. It's that back end of the bullpen who's going to close out games, you know. Mm-hmm. Craig Crimble's Kr- been n- nothing short of a disaster, I guess, this year. Yes. Definitely not what the Dodgers expected him to do. Yeah. And so not ha- – you know, there's even questions if he's going to make the postseason roster. And so who's going to close out games and tight games in the playoffs? That's going to be the question. And so that's the biggest question mark to me for the Dodgers. Everything else, it's going to be hard to beat them. You know, you see their four starting pitchers and what they've done ERA-wise this year and wins. They're so impressive. And I don't think anybody can match up starting pitching-wise with the Dodgers. So it's really going to come down to the back end of the bullpen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess in that situation, you could potentially have some of your starters actually be uh, relief pitchers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw Urias do it in 2020, you know, because Kenley was struggling in that, that, that postseason. And so, you know, you could potentially see, you know, on their off days, somebody go down there and close out a game for sure. You know, Kershaw's done it in the past. Urias has done it. So that could absolutely be an option for the Dodgers going down the stretch. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it and feeling really good. I mean, October is uh, probably the best month for sports. I mean, because it's the one time of the year where everything's going on. Everything's playing, you know, NBA starting up, NHL starting up, college football, NFL. It's all there and yeah. MLB postseason. And it's 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 fun. And I think the Dodgers, I think they're going to win it. I really do. You know, I'm trying not to be a biased Dodgers fan, but they – they, they are the best team in baseball and I think they're going to, they're going to do it. I think they'll see the Astros there. And so that will make an interesting dynamic getting mm-hmm. a rematch against the Astros from 2017. And mm-hmm. I think that'll make it a more intense series for all Dodger fans. Oh, Astros. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, yeah, speaking of, I guess, weird scheduling, I mean, the world series is going to go into November. So I yeah, guess I it's, it's only done that a couple times. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, maybe one of the last years the Yankees won, Derek Jeter was having a really good world, really awesome World Series, and they ended up naming him Mr. November because it went into November, uh-huh. you know, off the Reggie Jackson being Mr. October. So I thought that was kind of cool that, you know, he got the nickname Mr. November, and and we're going to have some World Series games in November again this year. So we'll see who, who stands out in November this year, I guess. Very cool. Very good. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, anything else with the Dodgers or, or Top Gun? Are we good to wrap up or? Oh, let's see. No, I don't think so. Um, we covered everything on Top Gun and I think the Dodgers, you know, they're just rolling right now and get ready for playoff games in about a week here and see how it goes. Very cool. Yeah. Definitely uh, looking forward to that. It's going to be uh really, really fun. Really great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really oh. excited for it. I- Oh, sorry. We have a, a a last minute question, I guess, coming into the the podcast from the background, huh? The background, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Allison wants us to talk about fantasy football. I, I know uh, <laughs> your receiver uh, for uh, uh, Miami already had a really great game, so yeah, we'll catch up or not? But <laughs> yeah, uh, we're playing each other this week. Um, uh-huh. What I think I looked yesterday, it's giving me what a sixty eight percent chance to beat you this week. Mm-hmm. Um. We'll see what happens. You know, Lamar Jackson's been awesome for me this year. Uh, he's got me 45-plus points in two of the weeks. And uh, who, so who are the, he, the Ravens playing this week? Are they playing the Chargers? Uh, they're playing Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. I'm sorry, Buffalo. Yeah, so that – you know, Buffalo's got a good defense, so that could be tough for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Yeah, they are playing Buffalo. So, okay. I mean, I would love for him to hang another 45 this week for sure. and <laughs> <laughs> Kind of give me a little bit of a edge there. But uh, you have Mahomes going, right? I have Mahomes going, yeah. So who, so we'll who are they playing? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up really fast. But um, he, he's been decent. I mean, they they lost last week. Uh, he's been getting a decent amount of points. Oh, Tampa Bay. That's oh, right. Tampa that's right. Bay. Because okay. there was a potential worry that they were going to have to relocate the game because of the hurricane. But it looks oh, like it's right. take place in Tampa Bay tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. For Sunday that, night football. So. Yeah, that's Sunday night football. That'll be a good game. Yeah, yeah, that should be should be fun to watch. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much trash before before I beat you, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see what happens. We'll, see what, we'll happens. see what happens. Maybe I'll have to come on a, a later podcast and see where we're at in fantasy football, and we can talk about that. But that'd be fun. In fact, I'd like to get more more guys from the the league to play uh, to come on as well. If that'd ready. be fun too. Yeah. I mean, I know Allison's a way bigger trash talker than you are, so she's yeah. probably more <laughs> trash talking, but. 
No, but we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll text you a lot tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay, well, there's nothing else for tonight. We'll go ahead and wrap up. But, uh, Steven, thank you so much for joining me tonight to talk about uh, Top Gun Maverick and to talk some Dodgers. And it was always a blast to talk uh, Star Wars with, with Weston. I'm looking forward to uh, future podcasts. And as I mentioned to Weston, I mean, we really love your family. You guys are great. So it's, it's we love your friendship, and it's been really fun. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I know it made Weston's night to have him on. Uh, he really enjoyed uh, chatting Star Wars, and I know he he'd been wanting to set this up for a long time to chat with you, and um, it was awesome. It was great talking to you, and um, we love your family too, and hanging out with you guys, and um, it's been awesome. So thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, thanks again, Stephen, and thank you again to all the listeners. You've been listening to the Casting for Fun podcast. Thanks, everybody.